Good morning, New Hope. We're so glad you're here this morning. It's so great to see all of you. If you're visiting with us, welcome to New Hope. We're thankful you're here. Please fill out the form out in the vestibule and grab a gift if you're a first-time visitor. Um, it's a beautiful day, and it's a great start to a new year. Um, I hope that y'all have had a wonderful start already. Just a couple announcements. Right after the service, we will have the business meeting to vote on the budget. So just be aware of that. The budget... Um, Outline proposed budget is at the both doors, and the tech team, Derek and Jonathan, have worked so hard on so many things that we don't even realize, but one of those is the new app. Please download the new app, and especially if you have any desire to do anything with the church this year, we're going to be putting all of our sign-ups and things on that, and that would help all of us so much to have everything in one place. So download the app, especially kids and youth parents, because we have a lot to sign up for. Um, and you can easily sign up that way. And I think that's all. The baby bottles are here, so make sure you grab a baby bottle. Father in heaven, oh, how great you are, Lord. Your grace, your love, your mercy, it is overwhelming to us, and we are so thankful. We come to you as a church family, as a thankful family of this freedom, this time together, this, this time of worship and learning and prayer. And we ask, Lord, that our thoughts and our words and our songs be pleasing to you, be appropriate, be, be what you desire from us. We are here, Lord, and I pray that each one here longs to be closer to you and to know your path and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And Lord, if someone is sitting in here today and does not know what that means or does not understand what it means or feels like to have the Holy Spirit in them, oh Lord, I pray that you will lift them to their feet today, that they will seek to understand immediately what that means and who you are and how great you are, how your Holy Spirit gets us through every day, every moment, every trial and brings us to the good of everything. I ask that you, you humble us and that you guide us in truth and that we forget all those things that are not from you, that the world tells us, and that we filter out all the things that are not meant to be in our minds, that are not meant to be taught to us, that are not meant to be what we do that you will show us clearly the path that you have for us today and as we continue throughout the week. And we offer this time of worship to you, Lord, as humble servants of yours and how thankful we are to be in that position. We love you, God, with all our hearts. And we thank you for this church and this life that you've given us, for Pastor Russ and leading us in your Holy Spirit, for Melody and, and the words of the songs that she's prepared for us to sing for you. And it's in your name, God, that we pray continually. Amen.
you had a good day so far? It's always good to be in the house of the Lord and to be with like-minded people and to lift up the name of the Lord together. If I, if I missed you last week, I want to say Happy New Year to you. A week late, I hope the first week has been pretty good. Everybody have a good week this week? Hey, we're here today, so that makes it better, right? <clears throat> this week's going to be better than last week, okay? If we keep God in the, middle, in the midst of it, amen? We ended up our time last week <clears throat> on New Year's Day uh, asking you to reflect on God's goodness, asking you to reflect on, on how God had, had worked in your life over the last year or so, and to remind you that of his faith, of his future faithfulness. He's going to be there with you. Whatever uncharted waters you find yourself in next year or this year, he's going to be there with you. And we concluded that, that passage or that, that message with a, with a passage from 2 Peter chapter 3. And I want to share that again with you because we're going to, we're going to put down some roots on this passage here, okay, throughout this year. 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 14. 17 and 18. Verse 14 says, So then, dear, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with Him. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure position. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forevermore. Verse 14, uh, again, is, is where we're going we're gonna to dwell on that verse this year. <clears throat> make every effort to be. Make every effort to be. And so we're going we're gonna to let that word be simmer in our spiritual crockpots throughout the year. Okay, and we're going to... We're going to look at <clears throat> what it means to be who God created us to be. Make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with Christ. But why? Why does, why does Peter want us to, to make such an effort to, to be? Why does he want us, why, why does he want us to, to make that effort to be, to be found spotless and and blameless and at peace with God. <clears throat> well, he says at the beginning of the verse, since you are looking forward to this. Well, looking forward to what? Well, let's back up to 2 Peter chapter 3, verses uh, 10, and see what he's talking about. If you will, get your Bibles out and follow along in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10 and following. It says, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the elements and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives 
as you look forward to the day of God and the speed of its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in its heat. But in keeping with His promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. So then, dear friends, here it is. Since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with Him. Bear in mind that our, that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote with the wisdom that God gave him. <clears throat> he writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which, which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do other scriptures to their own destruction. Therefore, dear friends, since you are already since you already know this, what does it say? Be on your guard. Be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless men and fall from, their secure, from your secure position. But grow in the grace and knowledge of your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forevermore. <clears throat> Folks, Peter wants us to be ready for the day of the Lord. He wants us to be ready to meet Christ, whether it's in our death or at His second coming. And we're starting a new series today. Can anyone guess what it's called? Come on, there's a couple of hints around here. B in 2023, that's it. <clears throat> we want to be who God created us to be. And so we're going to, as I said earlier, we're going to spend a lot of time this year on on a number of different topics, uh, talking about how we can become and be the people, the person uh, that, that God wants us to be. <clears throat> you know, the, 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 the world wants us to believe a lie, that the, especially in our woke, woke culture today, that, that we can be anything that we choose to be. But I'm here to tell you today the, the truth and the truth from God's Word and, and who and what we are to be is clearly defined by our Creator. There's no question what God wants us to be in 2023 and beyond. And young people, I want you to hear me today. <clears throat> As we begin our journey in learning how we can be all that God desires us to be and requires us to be, we're going to discover what our Heavenly Father requires us to be as His children. And this discovery will will define the condition of our heart, of our mind, and our actions as believers today and in, and in the years going forward. I know some of the young people here are, are dreaming and preparing about their, their life's career and their next steps and what they're going to be doing. What will you be in your life's work? Maybe you're an adult today. Maybe you're at a crossroads to to saying, what is it God wants me to be for the rest of my career? You see, in today's world, careers change, don't they? You don't work the same place for 40 years anymore. Not even in the same industry necessarily anymore. And so maybe that's you today. Maybe you're at that crossroads in your life. God wants us to be who He intended us to be in our work, in our homes, in our church, 
in every, every area of life. Make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with God. It's going to be an extended series that we're going to, that we're going to be going through over the course of this year. And it's going to take, if not all of the year, most of the year. So you're going to get tired of, 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 say, of seeing be in 2023 or be who God created you to be because that's all we're going to dwell on this year is being who God calls us to be. Being the people, being the church that God calls us to be. We're going to, we're going to open up topics like to be holy, to be still, to be fruitful, to be transformed, to be cheerful givers, to be on mission. And just, that's just to name a few. But as we open up each of these topics and apply them to our life, hopefully we'll be able to, to grow spiritually into the people God wants us to be, in the person that God created us to be. And today, we, I wanted to start off today with, with be on your guard. Be on your guard to become the, the person God created you to be, we must be on guard. We must guard our hearts, our minds, our bodies, our time, everything to guard your heart. When, when Peter uses this term here, to guard your heart, I was telling some, some folks this morning in a meeting, you know, when we read that, we read guard your hearts. When we think about putting up uh, uh, cones, you know, in, in the parking lot out here, or guardrails, or, you know, Guard means different things to different people. But here what, what Peter's talking about, he's talking about a military guard. Not just a security camera out front, but to put up a, a military guard to prevent a hostile invasion or, or, or to keep inhabitants in. That's the, that's the idea of the guard that, that Peter's talking about here. And, and so what he's talking about is to set up a military fortress around our hearts around our minds, around our bodies, so that nothing can get in to defile us, so nothing can get in to, to draw us away from God, from, from what He wants us to do and, and who He wants us to be. You think about it, the, the security teams that, uh, that world leaders have. You know, President Biden's going down to the, to the border today, and, and he's going to have tons of security people all around him. You know, they've been down there weeks before scoping out and, and getting, I mean, just going through tremendous detail in order to keep him safe when he goes in there. And you think about the world leaders, they have protection and, and security detail all around them 24 hours a day. And not just during the day, but, but, but while they're traveling and, and even on detail while they're sleeping. That's the kind of guard that Peter's talking about. Be on your guard. And, and so guard all of your time, all the aspects of your life, your mental, physical, emotional, everything. Where you go, what you say, what you do, be on your guard. You see, if we want to, be, if we want to grow in our relationship with God, we have to <clears throat> practice the discipline of, of guarding those things that are important to us, those things that are, are life-giving to us. And so spiritual growth is found when we practice 
protecting our time. Spiritual growth happens when we protect our hearts, when we protect our, our, our bodies and our study times. <clears throat> Jesus understood this. Jesus understood this. And in fact, he offered an invitation to his disciples to guard their time, their minds, their bodies by, by separating themselves from the crowd and to go, around, go out with him into a place of quietness where they could be a place of retreat. They went and, and spent time with Jesus. I want to encourage you today to choose a Bible reading plan and, and jump in with us. I know a number of you have already started this week. You can jump in on week two and, and get started. But you don't have to necessarily do that. You don't have to commit to reading the Bible through in a year or, or, or reading the New Testament in a year. But maybe just start out reading the Gospels or reading the, the letters that Paul wrote. Just jump in and start. You see, when we do that, it'll help guard our hearts. We need our Bibles here. When we study God's Word, we need to have, we, we need to have God's Word here with us when we're studying. Every time we open God's Word, we need to have it with us. And, and as we study through this series, I want you to take that Bible out and make notes in it. There are some journals, uh, different types, different kinds of journals on the table out there going out. If you want to if you want to take one, feel free to take one. Make notes in them uh, throughout this series, throughout this year, so we can go back and be reminded of how God wants us to be, how God wants us to, to live. If we, get, but if we look at Mark chapter 6, we, we see there the story of Jesus. And beginning in verse 7, He sends out the 12 disciples. He sends them out to do full throttle ministry, doing everything, uh, healing, preaching, teaching, everything. And, and then at the end of Mark chapter 6, they're all coming back in. And, and, and you might think, you know, if you've ever been on a mission trip, okay, and you've been gone for that seven days or ten days or two weeks or whatever, and you get back, man, that, those next two days are rough, aren't they? You got to, you got to sit down and, and rest a while. Just, if nothing else, to let the adrenaline get caught back up. And so I can imagine, I don't know for how long they were gone, but, but when they came back, they needed that rest. They had been out wide open going and, and being on mission for God right there. They came back to Jesus and they were telling Him all that they had done. All the, the people they had seen, the miracles that had been performed, the salvations that that had taken place. And knowing that they needed rest and restoration for their, for their bodies and soul, Jesus offered them His own space to go and rest. In Mark chapter 6, verse 30 and 30 through 32, it says, The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to Him all they had done and taught. You know, when we get back from mission trips, what's, you know, what's the first thing we want to do? We want to come back and tell the church, you know, look at these slides, look at these slides, let me tell you this story, let me tell you what happened. Oh, you'll never believe this. You know, can you imagine them 
sitting down, coming up to Jesus and telling him the same thing. Oh, gee, Jesus, you're not going to believe this. You know, they were all excited and it says they were reported to him all they had done and taught. And then because so many people were coming and going, that they didn't even have a chance to eat. The people were closing in on them. And look what it says. It says, because so many people were coming and going, they did not, didn't even have a chance to eat. He said to them, come with me. Come with me by yourselves. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. Folks, the world wants to steal your time from God. Just as we see illustrated in this passage here, the, the world was bearing down on them. The, the, the world was coming after them. The world wanted their time. The world wanted their, 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 their touch, their, their interaction. And Jesus said, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Again, they were, they were being overrun by the people and with the people bearing down on them, there was, there was plenty of ministry to do. There was plenty of teaching and, and healing and, and all that to take place. Certainly it needed to be done, but notice, I want you to look at this. It, it, it's Jesus who insisted that they rest. It's Jesus that, that insisted that they rest. In verse 31, he, he tells them, come with me. Come with me to a quiet place. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. You see, Jesus knew that they were tired. He knew that they needed rest. He knew that they needed a, a respite and just a, a, a short time of retreat. He knew that they needed to be with Him. And Jesus encourages us to, to rest in Him, to come along with Him by ourselves and rest with Him. James chapter 4 verse 8 says, Come near to God, and God will come near to you. Come near to God, and God will come near to you. Guard your heart. You know, we, we often forget the, the, the invitation of Jesus to come and, and be with Him. So many times we get caught up in, in going and doing for Christ, don't we? We think in some way, some form or fashion that, that doing something for Christ is going to get us to heaven. Nothing we ever do except, except Jesus Christ into our hearts will get us to heaven. 
There's no amount of work, no amount of money, nothing will get us to heaven. It's that personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. But yet we still want to do, don't we? Yes, it's born out of our love for Christ, but oftentimes it's our mentality to think we have to do. The story of Mary and Martha. Martha wanted to do, didn't she? Mary wanted to be with Jesus. The shepherds at his birth wanted to be with Jesus. Levi, the tax collector, wanted to be and eat with Jesus. The woman that was bleeding wanted to be close enough to him just to reach out and, and touch the hem of his garment. The disciples in the boat, they wanted to be with Jesus. The leper wanted to be with Jesus at the Passover. The disciples wanted to be with Jesus. And the women at the tomb wanted to be with Jesus. In the upper room, the disciples and all the people wanted to be with Jesus. And so the question is, what about you? What about us? Do we really want to be with Jesus? Do we want to be? Are we making a concerted effort to be with Jesus? Do you want to be who He created you to be? Folks, be on your guard and guard your heart. And be. Set aside that time. Find that place to be with Christ. As for guarding your heart, Paul wrote in Philippians, Chapter 4, verse 6 through 7. He says, Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We need to spend time alone with God in a quiet place so that our hearts can be restored. He's offering us the invitation to come with Him. In order to do that, we've got to guard our time as well. And see, in order to guard our hearts, we need to, we, we need to guard our time and make sure that time is available for the Lord. In 1 Peter Chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. It says, Therefore, since Christ suffered in His body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because He who suffered in His body is done with sin. As a result, He does not live the rest of His earthly life for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans have chosen to do. Folks, we've all wasted years and years of our lives living for ourselves, chasing after the things of the world, fulfilling our own selfish desires. And here he says that time is over. We're to live for the will of God. And so it's imperative that 
as believers, we set aside that, that time for God and, and live for God. And, and you know, sometimes we choose to set aside the time. And sometimes, sometimes God chooses those times to set us down. And sometimes those aren't the very fun times for us. But in Psalm chapter 23, verses 2 and 3, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall, I lack nothing. He says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Do we long for the Lord? Do we long to spend time and, and be with the Lord? as the psalmist did in Psalm 42. It says, As the deer pants for streams of water, my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? Is that our desire? Is that the question upon our hearts today? When can I go? When can I meet with God? Does our soul need, is our soul thirsting for that life-quenching water, life-giving water from the Lord Jesus? Where is it that you go? Where, where do you go to meet God? Do you have a place set aside in your house that, that you go for your time of devotion or, or study time? Is it in your, in your den, in your chair, on the sofa? Maybe it's on your back porch. I know some of you got some great back porches that are wonderful for, for just being in God's presence. Where is it for you? Do you have a, a place that, that's your uh, prayer closet that you go to, that you meet with God? Where is it for you? Maybe if you don't have a place set aside, maybe, maybe this week you can, you can determine where that place is going to be for you. Where is that that you're going to meet with God? You see, becoming the person God wants to be means that we guard our hearts and our time. Be on your guard and, and make every effort to be found spotless and blameless and at peace with God in 1 Corinthians 1.8 says, And He will keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus. As we kick off this series, let me ask you the question William Shakespeare's Hamlet asked. To be or not to be? <laughs> Do you really want to be who God created you to be. Do you really want to be who God created you to be? Jesus said to the disciples, come with me. And He's inviting you and me to come along with Him. He wants us to be with Him in this year. And it all begins with that decision from you and that commitment from you. But He's inviting you. And His words to you are 
Come with me. Come with me. The Savior's waiting. Will you come to Him? Let's pray. Oh God, you have such great plans for each one of us. And your plans and your timing and your purposes are perfect. You've offered the invitation to the disciples to come by themselves to a quiet place and get some rest. And Father, let that be a resolution for us this year that we find that place that quiet place that we can come along with you and find rest and, and just be in your presence. But God, we know that to do that, we have to guard our hearts and our minds and our time. Because if we don't, we know that the world will take it away. We'll look back at the end of the day and say, where did it go? I didn't have time. Your invitation to us is to come with you to that quiet place by ourselves. And the question is, will we? Will we choose to come and just be in your presence? I pray that for myself. But I pray that for everyone that's within the sound of my voice. Lord, help us to be who you created us to be. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.